Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome. This week in production, when a good job goes bad, what do you do, Lou? Well, hello. Hello, well, and and by that <laughs> by that intro, you might have anticipated my next guest. No, not Lou Cortez. That was a one and done. It's the perennial fan favorite, Mr. Lou Lita. Lou, welcome. Wow, what a welcome. What, we only have one way to go after that intro. It's all downhill. <laughs> it is all downhill. <laughs> how are you? I'm doing well. And how about yourself? It's a mixed bag. I'm, I'm super busy. I've got a lot of different uh, projects all day, all, you know, all week. Just different live streaming, editing pre-production logistics covid testing uh, it's like madness but uh mm. but what's the alternative um you know grilling relaxing uh chilling yeah maybe doing a little, little working out hiking biking taking no. your jeep out is that the alternative that actually sounds pretty good it's not terrible it's uh and i don't want to get down on the podcast too much my old man's in the hospital oh yeah, so that's it's right. it's tempered my my um, mood a bit, but um, that's life, right? We have to keep moving forward. Exactly. Let this be inspiration to your dad, and yeah. we'll we'll uh, we'll throw this out in his honor. In his honor. What what I will say, what I have been thinking about, non work related, is is your health. And if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And so it is so true. And you know, it takes unfortunately some some dark things to remind us of that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really, you know, taking that to heart and I'm encouraging people to, uh, take care of themselves because you don't get a, really a second chance all the time on that. Exactly. Do what you can, you know, you, you do have some control over things. So as I've been uh, working away, I've been, I've been doing a lot of editing on the, the virtual golf outings that we did together back in uh, November and December. And those were a combination of uh, on-site, you know, production combined with Zoom recordings and all kinds of logistics. I talked about it on many an episode. And I, I it was occurring to me as I'm editing these because these are not exactly how they were scripted, though you know they weren't really scripted it was it was a pretty fast and loose game plan from the client we we did the best we could as mm -hmm. as always but as i'm completing some of these jobs uh it is definitely not my finest hour on a couple of occasions and i don't feel like the product you know rep i wouldn't let's put it this way i wouldn't put it on my demo reel <laughs> I, I've got a lot of those productions. Well, you do, right? Like, you know, as you go through your career, and my career is, you know, 30-something years. Same. There yeah. there are jobs that, you know, you know going in um, that are just going to be bad. But I, so for me, when I'm editing these projects, it's like a multi-phase thing. First, I start off with the organization 
of all of the assets. Mm-hmm. And this is this is uh, Zoom records on on two different um, angles, if you will. And then there's the um, cameras that we recorded, two cameras that we recorded locally, graphical assets and pre-produced pieces. And so all of those assets have to get sort of um, organized. And, and you know, you simple things like the the Zoom records, which are time-stamped by the, uh, the AV company that did them. Mm-hmm. They're not always accurate. So... Okay. Were they time? Were they time of day? And no, no. Be... There's there's no time code. Uh, time code. Oh, forget okay. time code. <laughs> time code would be like the greatest thing since sliced bread on this job. No time code. Everything starts at zero, oh. and it ends. It ends at whatever. But so you're going by the file name labels. So you couldn't even do like time of day. No, no, no. I could I could restripe them if you will, but that mm. just doesn't Boy, seem. Boy, there's a there's an old school word. That's right. <laughs> yes, it has so many meanings, but in this case, no, I'm not going to restripe them. Um, but just like going through and organizing and just making sure that what they things that they say they are are in fact accurate, which is not always the case. But when I get through that phase, I sometimes get a pit in the bottom of my stomach because I realize that there's been a a human error. Uh, sometimes it's on uh, our end, the production end, like you know, a camera didn't roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more often than not, it's a file that I've been provided uh, is not per- it's not good. Um, oh, so it's corrupt. Well, here here's an example. The we we rely on the AV company to provide the Zoom recordings to us to, mm-hmm. to make the edit, and this is a what we call the gallery view, which is mm-hmm. all of the participants, mm-hmm. um, and then we have a isolated view of the uh, co-host, which is usually a manager or a coach or a trainer mm-hmm. uh, or the client's uh, spokesperson. So there's you know a few angles that are recorded via the Zoom platform. So today, for example. I'm editing the last two videos from the last two events and I go to sync the first the first foursome mm-hmm. and I realize that the Zoom gallery recording has no audio. Oh my god. Now this is the master audio because I don't on site, right? We're only recording the golfer. We only have the golfer's live, right? Right, right. So we don't have the guest audio. We don't have any of that stuff. I rely on the AV company to provide that. So here's the thing. So it's not on the gallery view. So now I have to start looking around and seeing if it's accurate on the ISO view, which is usually just the the coach or the uh, the client spokesperson. Luckily, that is a duplicate of the... Um, audio from zoom so it does have everything so now at least i can sync it but now of course i have to go and sync the the audio with a lip sync you know reference so i'm going back really old school to my days of syncing up you know the uh the film camera uh, transfer with the Nagra recording. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've got to go by 1985. Except, except I don't have a, I don't have a clap stick. <laughs> so you're just looking for some sync point, somewhere, some, like some that. reference that I can see in both clips. And of course, it just adds time. 
Yep. So, and, it, and it's and it's minutia and it's mentally fatiguing. It is, but but even worse than that. So that was one problem on the first foursome. Then I get to the second foursome, and I don't know if you remember this. We had a problem with the wireless microphone on oh, one, on one group. Yes, I do. It all's coming back to me. I don't know if I don't remember if it was low batteries because batteries are the bane of wireless audio. I, you know what I think it was? I think uh, the mic came loose or wasn't yes, fully screwed. You're right. In. You're right. It, that was... And I remember hearing some ear piercing scream in my in my uh, talk back or whatever, I, whatever that app was we were monitoring. Unity. And, Unity, yes. And and I remember thinking I had to make some adjustments on the, on the boom mic and get a little more level so we were able to pick up the audio because I, I was the only one able to, to record at that point. Right. So, so that was, you know, four months ago that we did that. Yes, yes. I didn't and remember – I didn't remember all the details. Of Just course, a little surprise you got four months later. So I go to sync now the the Glidecam camera and the Zoom with no audio, and <laughs> and to my horror, the audio track on the main golfer's love is Fubar. So of course we do have a uh, auxiliary shotgun mic, mm-hmm. but you're not always in proximity. Right to the golfer, where that's always quality, but it's it's certainly better. But it, it just you start to now realize that this group that you're going to edit is just going to be really low quality. Right. I'll give you one more example with the Zoom because the Zoom recordings on this job were a train wreck. So they were supposed to give me these two recordings: the the gallery and the coach. And on a couple of these uh, jobs, they didn't give me the coach. They just didn't record it or they lost it. I'm not sure which. So now I have to make this multicam where all I have is a gallery. And on one of the occasions, we didn't have the recording of the uh, T camera, the stationary at the top and the end. We only had the glide cam running. Oh, my God. And so now... I have to take the zoom, which is already low quality to begin with, <laughs> and I have to scale it up 200% to get a cover shot. Oh my gosh. And I have to go to this cover shot, you know, anytime that I don't have, you know, an edit point, I, I have to use it as a, as a cover for the edits. <laughs> it just looks like, like heck. And, uh. and I, I have to do it. I don't have a choice. And you just know that when you, when you show it to the client, there's going to be some some eyebrows and some questions. And well, so, hopefully they're watching it on a small uh, screen, right. so it won't be so painful. The topic tonight is how you mentally and you know maybe physically prepare yourself to complete, start, or you know fully execute a job where you know it's not going to be good for various reasons. How do you deal with that? You've probably had this happen to you do you have a story i'm putting you on the spot i'm sure do Mm. you have a story that is relevant to this discussion uh god i may have to you know what i've i've sort of prided myself over the years of blocking out and misremembering a lot of these dark moments because when you're in them it it, you just feel like it's the end it's over there you're never going to recover and 
you will never experience, uh, you know, success again, but you know, as everything else, life goes on. Um, I'm just trying to think recently, you know, I, I've had a number of productions, you know, where it's like you're fighting the client in the name of quality and the client is not understanding. And somehow you feel like you're the bad guy. Example, you know, in the last year, I've had to deal with all kinds of formats and, you know, because of COVID, maybe, you know, we couldn't go shoot or we were limited in our ability to capture the best quality. In some cases, maybe we're using iPhone footage or someone provided, you know, stills. And when you try to explain to people, you know, you need quality, you need high resolution images, logos, footage. Otherwise, you know, it, it can look like, as you said, ASS. Um, it's, it's like, it becomes this painful argument uh, with, with your client that you are, you're working hard for them. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, you have to give the client what they want, knowing full well, if you're not working with the best quality. So that's what pains me, you know, and a lot of times, you know, people are approving my work on an iPhone or an, a, a computer screen, and they're not understanding when these things go on television, if it's a commercial, or worse, in a corporate arena, although not as relevant today, you know, and seeing the, the poor quality on a 65-inch LCD, it, that's, that's where it hurts, because I, I see my own work sometimes on television, and knowing full well that, you know, instead of having a full scale image to work with. I was working with some, a picture, somebody grabbed me from a website, which was already, you know, compressed several times. So those are issues that I tend to deal with on a regular basis. I will, I will share one more pain point. It might be, this is a uh, bitching session on these, these golf edits, but one, one of, so there's usually like six to eight, you know, edits, foursomes in these, in these uh, jobs. There's one or two jobs where two foursomes had no recordings of Zoom. They, they didn't provide me any Zoom, any at all. So I have nothing, nothing, no I, audio, no video, nothing. No, nothing. I so all we have is the the glide cam and the footage from the course. No conversation, no opposite end of the conversation. Oh you, my so god! So you you can't even edit that together. Like, what do you do? You just put the guy hitting his club and talking to. Himself because without the <laughs> reference, it doesn't make any sense. Well, actually, you could. It's almost like uh, what was that show? Uh, uh, it was on the Sci-Fi Channel years ago, where two characters would comment and pretend they were oh, part of the oh, Mystery Science Theater. Mystery Science Theater. I you thought you, maybe, I thought you were going for a Johnny Warner reference. I well, it, 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 he did pop into my head there for a second, but maybe you could create a fictional character and pretend who, you know, uh, create a, you know, conversation based that, on what the golfer's saying. That's too much work at this point. I'm, you that's know, I'm just, this is, this is the improv in me trying to, yes. you know, I come get, up with a solution. I do. I get depressed when I'm not putting out good quality work. I, I do too. It's, it's, you're filled with angst, you know, it's not, uh, it's not a pleasant feeling. And you, you know, you could only do as much as you can i know it's it's a little hard to to make sense of that sometimes but like i'm only as good as what i can prep and sometimes it's out of my hands for example today we were doing these uh live streams 
And I've been beating the drum that Zoom is a terrible platform for video quality. And, you know, you you would refer to client to me. We tried to do a few things outside of Zoom, and it's, mm-hmm. it's tricky, right? Mm-hmm. It's a tricky thing. Zoom is easy, but it's low quality. And mm-hmm. when you want to do good quality, you have to get outside of that um, comfort zone. I, I've got very good documentation on how to prepare to do one of these live what we call a remote contributor session. And it's using a web browser or, you know, your phone. And we have software, we have hardware, but I've documented the steps that make it work, that make it work successfully. And and if you follow those steps to the letter, everything will be good. And when you don't follow them to the letter, you know what happens. It goes, it goes south. So today we had a one-hour window booked for to record a uh, a remote interview, and it mm-hmm. was it was a new client, and you know we had four people, four producers on the line, and the in one of the direction steps it says disconnect from your corporate VPN because it blocks all kinds of stuff. Yeah, firewall and and the first three producers are calling my cell phone saying we can't connect and I ask <laughs> the first thing I ask, are you on the corporate VPN? Oh, yes. Disconnect. Boom. Oh. Boom, they're right in. Now, the um the second most important step is that you have headphones because mm-hmm. if you don't have headphones, Sometimes you get feedback, right? right? Like Zoom's got a very good algorithm for doing the echo cancellation. Like it's very good. And I don't know if it's patented or not. Other platforms have it. My platform has it, but it doesn't work as well as Zoom. Zoom works really well. And so I always say, make sure you have headphones. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Some clients don't want to see the headphones and the thing. They want it more organic. Mm-hmm. Well, what I say is, you put the earbuds in when you were communicating with you and you take them out when we do your takes and it'll work the same way. And there's no feedback. So this gentleman gets on, who's going to do this interview. He's a, a doing some charity volunteer work and they want to talk about it. And it's a, you know, feel good story. And he can't hear us and we can't hear him. And he finally gets connected, but he doesn't have headphones and of course, the minute I open his mic, everyone's getting triple audio, triple audio coming around. And it's almost impossible to make this go. So now I'm I'm forced to start muting microphones as you know, we're giving him directions and then wait count to two. I'm gonna switch the uh, the mic, you know, muting. Your mic's open. We're all closed. You talk, you know, and it's it's nutty. It's nutty. And, of course, it actually caused a problem where I didn't actually have the right recording path for one of the audio signals. So we did 20 minutes, and I, I did a spot check, luckily, and I was like, oh, crap, we got the- – <laughs> I, I have the output muted in addition to, you know, what we're hearing. And I had to, we had to redo it. But oh, when, no. when you don't follow the directions, right, everything goes out the window. But in a, in a stark contrast, there was, a, there was actually a job that we shot 
last January, so January of 20, before COVID, mm-hmm. B.C. <laughs> B.C. B.C., before COVID. <laughs> did you just make that up? I did. So we did this job, and it was a full-on golf job with all the crew, and I had to open it and and um, look at it. And I got sad because I'm like, holy cow, look how good – like, we do good work, and I miss – good work look how crisp the video is look how perfect it is look how good the audio is mm. like it's all organized like i miss that i do i i opened this job and i got sad because i've got oh. i've got weeks of just inferior work ahead of me oh it's not over <laughs> yeah well here's here's a scenario that i've come across Many times, I'm just curious to get your take on it. So you're in said conference room. Mm-hmm. You may or may not have uh, ample lighting, probably mm-hmm. not enough. Mm-hmm. You were told that there's no windows, but of course now the uh, room that's available is nothing but windows. Mm-hmm. No matter which way you look, there's a window. And they want to shoot out the window. They want to oh, see, yeah. the they sky see the line. skyline. Oh, yes. And you don't have enough uh, lighting to match the levels. And you don't have ND. You have nothing. You have very little. So what what do you do? Do you, knowing full well that something (laughs) is going to be sacrificed, do you expose for the outdoors and underexposed skin tones, hoping that you can color correct it and noise reduce it? Or do you expose for proper skin tones and then just let the background go and say, well, you know, we didn't have enough light. Well, my trick on that is I try to move the person, the subject, the person being interviewed as close to the window as possible and then use the outside light as the key and, and try to get an exposure where I'm splitting the difference um, without blowing out their you know, skin tones um, and shoot from an angle. So I'm not shooting like square, you know, to straight out the window. I'm kind of shooting more from an angle. But what if you don't have a choice? Do you uh, save I, skin or do you save skyline? <laughs> it's it's uh, it's a Sophie's choice. Sophie's choice. I don't know. You're putting me in a very bad position right now. Skin tone uh, or skyline, Lou? Which I, one is I, it? I just I just want to curl up and and <laughs> pretend this doesn't exist. <laughs> it's like, um, I, I guess you got to go for the skin. See, depending on the camera that you're using, right? Knowing your tools, knowing right. knowing your codec, I would actually be comfortable with my gear to save the skyline, underexpose the skin tone, knowing that I have much more latitude to pull up the, the low and the mids than I do in saving the highs. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I guess... I guess it depends on the era and the equipment you're using at the time. Um, 74 but... composite video, three quarter inch <laughs> master. I think I was 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember actually one of the first jobs you would connect to me with was uh, you connected me with uh, Johnny Warner and he was working with a, 
uh, someone up here for a, a client. And, and actually I met George on that shoot. That was like, like 2008 yeah, or nine. Yes. And that was the exact scenario. Now we kind of lucked out because it was an overcast day. Um, but we, it was difficult and I've had many other jobs where luckily I was able to have ND, uh, gels on the window. You're referring to, I, I was a big proponent of this system that Roscoe had called, yeah, Ro yes. called Roscoe view. Right. I never used it, but I remember you talking it, about it. It was amazing. What Roscoe view was, was basically a polarized ND gel that was matched with a filter and you could rotate the filter and adjust the polarization of the gel. So essentially you would put the Roscoe view gel on the windows. You put the filter in your matte box and then you could go from fully opaque to fully translucent on the background through the gel as you desired. And it really was a game changer for exposing, you know, humans against the uh, outdoors in a building and you're not having to bring in, you know, 5,000 uh, watts of uh, HMI. HMIs, right. What um, didn't, wasn't it very fragile though? Wasn't it, it very it was, difficult to work with? It, it was extremely difficult to work with. It was brittle. It, it was meant for studios like permanent installation in a studio. Oh, right, right, right. We were using them on on uh, conference rooms in a, in a uh, you know corporate headquarters, and we had to pull them down every time. And I think we probably still have like twenty rolls, you know, partially used uh, gel. But you'd have to put it up, and it had to be put up uh, in a certain orientation. And there were more than a couple of occasions where we hung it, taped it. And then realized that the polarization pattern was backwards. Oh, and you had to pull it down and reverse it, which was always fun. But when it worked, it was dynamite. You're going to share with us a, a tale. Yes. I, again, a, a good client, someone I've been working with for a few years, they're a technology company. And they sell a lot of uh, um, computer type equipment and uh, things you would find in conference rooms and schools, education, those arenas. And I've done commercials for them. I've done some training videos for them, but they, they tend to get a little annoyed when I show up with all my gear and a couple of cameras and sliders and, you know, professional production equipment where just getting there, getting the equipment into the facility and setting up is, you know, an hour, hour and a half. So they had this product, this new product that they wanted to do a, a like a, we'll call it a marketing teaser type video to kind of pique people's interest. But the but the edict was we want to keep it simple. We don't want to spend a lot of money, and it's just for YouTube. Like, you know, to me, I, that that phrase always kills me. Like, oh, it's on YouTube. It doesn't have to be that good. When my argument is, it's it can be seen globally. You never get a bigger audience. You know, you can only um, look good one time. Exactly. And it's like, it's your image. And if you're trying to wow people, don't you want it to be good? And I don't know how to, you know, do things that are like, I mean, maybe by accident, I do things that aren't very good, but, um, I don't intend to do things that are half-assed. No, so, no, I don't think we ever, you know, go. No, in. I don't like, ah, you know, I'm not going to light this. I'm not going to use a microphone. Uh, you know, I'll use camera mic. I won't. I won't focus. There you go. I kind of, that's half-assed. 
I, I just I don't know how to do that. And I, I don't like when people try to put me in this position. So they, they literally said they wanted to do this video in a half hour. So I, and the, the point was they wanted to have someone within the company demonstrate this video and talk about it and do it in like three minutes. So sure enough, you know, we did it. To, I, I, I opted for two cameras, wide shot, close up. So I didn't have to do it twice. But, you know, literally the, the person could not get 15 seconds into the video without stumbling or even they screwed up their own name. They screwed up the name of the product. And, you know, take three, four, now they're annoyed, they're pissed off, and they're like, I can't do this. And now we're in scramble mode. Now now what do we do? I'm there, I'm set up, and we're already two hours in for a half-hour production. Um, so I suggested they outline this and, and, just, and just do a voiceover and, and just reference the, um, you know, the, the product and the features of the product, and I would somehow piece it together in editing. Well, they opted to bring another person in that knew the product a little bit better. And he, you know, for what it was, it was adequate, but he's kind of fumbled and stumbled and ummed and odd his way through the production. I was able to, you know, fix it and edit it the best I could through a few graphics. And next thing you know, the, the national marketing director is like, this is garbage. It's unacceptable. It's like, we can't, we can't use this. So, all this work, again, not hours and hours, but, you know, still, if you door time, to door in the shooting and the editing. Time, it's, time and money. Time is money. So you just basically wasted it. So they're like, well, can we come up with something else? I said, why don't you script this exactly the way you want it? Write it, go over it, internally share it with whoever has to make the decisions. We'll get it voiced, and then we'll just have someone do the demonstration to the voiceover. Or we'll just we'll create a shot list. So that's what we did. I went and got them voiceover auditions. They picked who they liked, and I put it together. I shot it. I shot it in 4K, so I was able to you know punch in editing in 1080 and made some nice graphics for it. It was short. It was concise. It was professionally done, and they loved it. But you know they basically had to pay twice. So it, it, it luckily they were willing to have me come back and do it. But it's this is a case of me, the professional, having doing this, been doing this for thirty years. It was like dismissed, you know. Like, yeah, we don't care what you say. We just want to do it this way. Like, can you imagine, like, a, a someone coming to your house, an electrician or a plumber, and then you telling them how to do the job? I I, I equate it to that. Like, I, I wouldn't do that. Right. Right. So those are the things, and that's not the first time something like that's happened. So it 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 frustrates me. It it, it, it makes me a little resentful. Um, but you know, what am I going to do? This is the, this is the nature of the beast. And sometimes you run into people. Other times people are, Hey, you're the expert. You tell us what to do. It, it reminds me of a story that I don't think I've ever shared, uh, to even, even privately. It was one of the, the, uh, first jobs that I ever did in my career. I was, um, doing some editing, for a uh, gentleman who had a um, a hunting and fishing show that mm -hmm. ba back in the 80s aired on cable when there was not as many cable networks and it was kind of a big deal. And anyway, he was um, seeing that I had sort of a young, 
aggressive uh, eagerness to do work and had some mm. cap- capabilities that he had never, you know, had access to before. And so he started to think that he could, you know, maybe expand into some other video production work. So he mm-hmm. he signed a deal to produce a how to play baseball safely for little leaguers. Mm-hmm. And it was like a former minor league player. And, you know, he he himself didn't know how to produce said video. And he was relying a little bit on me, said eighteen year old. But but <laughs> but not but not not relying on me to the point where he would, you know, fully ask my opinions. It was more of like, well, you know, what's the next step? <laughs> like not 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 big picture. So anyway, we're on location day one. It's supposed to be a four day shoot. And we get this guy on uh, camera, and he knows he knows this stuff. He's been a baseball player his whole life. Mm-hmm. But we start rolling, and he literally can't say four words together. Right? He's not camera ready. No, he's not camera ready. So, so we now start, you know, <laughs> start thinking. I'm or, or immediately thinking like, okay, this is going to be a nightmare to edit. And that four-day shoot turns into 36 days. 36 days? 36. It was like a feature friggin' film. Oh, my God. Now. Uh, at what point did you break? Did you ever break? I, I, it, was, it was unbelievable. And the, the worst part was that I knew, since I was shooting it and editing it, I knew exactly what I was in for. Come time for the post. What was worse, the shoot or the post? The post, oh, because God. basically because you got to relive it all over again. Well, I I could only use this guy on camera for like three seconds at a time, and then it would be an edit, and and it was one it was a one camera shoot, so there wasn't like anything to cut to. So I basically designed so many graphics to go into this job, and the budget was just uh, it was a disaster, and and. Oh. You know, we got the video done and it was as good as it could be, but I would never show it to anyone and say, hey, look what I just did. It was that bad. Oh, I, I feel that like when I'm in that mode where I know right away, I am like just counting the hours so the day is over. I'm like, I, I it's just my stomach's in a knot and it's like, how did I get here? How did this happen? It's like being, and I don't do a lot of it, but I've done a few, you know, feature films where, you know, you're going to be on a job for a given number of days. And and when you know on the first day that this job is going to be sh- and and you're you're contracted for like 20 something days. Yeah, it's it's you like get this a, you get this sinking feeling. It's the worst feeling. And, you know, you want to keep it in perspective, but it's still your livelihood. It's still your reputation. It's still, you know, the, the, the day of your life or 20 days of your life that you are not getting back. On on that note, Lou, I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to oh, walk. We're, we're leaving on a high note. Huh? I'm going to walk over to this cliff and I'm just going <laughs> to. No, 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 no. Let's not. Let's let's keep this going for a couple more years. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Serenity now. All right. Cue the circus music. 
And Wrap yourself in some silky fur and everything's going to be okay. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lou Lita, I appreciate your time and your um, your contribution, your friendship. My pleasure. Absolutely. Likewise. And we'll, we'll hopefully be seeing each other uh, in the next month or so. Well, we might be seeing a lot of each other the rest of this year. We Well, if all goes as planned, we'll have a very, very busy July through December. And we may want to not see each other again for a while after that. Or we might be in rehab together. <laughs> Either way, it's win-win. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, for this week in production, we are out. Do you have something to say? Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on This Week in Production. Thanks for listening. <laughs>